Welcome to the podcast, People More Interesting Than Me. I'm your host, Michael Stromsky, where every week I host a new guest with unique professions, personal adversity, or even maybe a strong opinion or two. And if you haven't hit the five stars review on Apple Podcasts, please hit it now before you forget. Running a podcast is a surprising amount of work, and more reviews converts into a wider range of future guests. Today, we're thrilled to have KCO Shields, a fierce and dedicated women's roller derby player, sharing her extraordinary journey. Join us as we uncover the heart-pounding action on the track, the unbreakable camaraderie among teammates, and the empowering stories that have shaped Casey's path. Get ready to be inspired by the grit, grace, and guts that define the life of a roller derby dynamo. Enjoy. Where, where are you currently? Uh, so I'm currently in Decatur, outside of Atlanta. So I'm in school at okay. Emory. Which uh, geographical away from downtown from Atlanta? East. East. Okay. Yeah. Atlanta is popping. I know that. Atlanta is popping. Atlanta has a lot of traffic. Atlanta is not my favorite. <laughs> Really? and but, but you are moving soon. Where are you moving to? Wherever I get a job. Oh, okay. I thought you had like a like a place that you were going. No, 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 no. So okay. I, I still have a year and some change left in school. So mm-hmm. we're in like the classroom aspect of everything right now. And then I'll start clinicals, which is basically like a month rotation with each different specialty. So you'll okay. do internal medicine, primary care, OB-GYN, psych, and so we've got 11 different, you know, month-long rotations that we'll do. And this is kind of ironic for what we're going to talk about later, but what's what's the end goal with that? So the end goal is to be a physician assistant. And so, um, you know, be able to be a provider. Um, so working with, basically have to be supervised by a physician, but instead of going four years of medical school, you know, four years of residency, fellowship everything else you do two years of schooling and then you can come out and start practice immediately so yeah it's kind of funny that like between like physicians assistants and uh pt is it p what's the other one physician's assistant okay how much like they actually do compared to like some a majority i would say of doctors and then you've got surgeons which are on like the complete opposite end with doing like so much like really in it but like yeah. in the middle you have doctors who just kind of see patients and not they basically don't have the same experience that maybe like a nurse of like three years does yeah i just think that's crazy when you look at it they're like oh i don't know how to uh what's uh i don't know how to scope a patient like how do you not know how to scope a patient well they they specialize and so that that's one of the cool things about is is that you know i may start working orthopedics because that's what i did you know with athletic training and then be like you know i really don't want to do this and then i can go work in gi or you know go switch to ob gyn and so that's kind of cool is that you can you know pivot awesome. yeah. and and do you still get like that uh that same type of like travel type benefits where like if let's say some hospital in seattle or do you have to be more stationary for that type of role so you have to be licensed in the state that you're practicing. Gotcha. Okay. Not like nurses where we can travel, unfortunately. Yeah. But that's not bad. Um, so what type of cities are you actually looking for? Obviously not Atlanta. That's not like <laughs> number one on your list. 
Um, so I was in Charleston for six years prior to being here and that's where I met my husband. He's born and raised in Charleston. So we're probably looking to go back there. Uh, there, my family's mostly in North Carolina, so it's close enough, but yeah, we, we like that area, although it's really expensive. (laughs) Yeah. I think everything, oh, that's not true. There's, there's some parts that aren't expensive, but I think it's just, we're all taking a little while to adjust to everything. It's going to take like five or 10 years. Like, okay. That's what it's going to cost now. It's just like all those old people saying like, oh, I remember when candy bars cost like, 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 do you remember when candy bars used to cost like three for a dollar? Like you'd go, I don't know if you had a candy family, but my dad would always like you get to the register and they had like, I don't know, three Butterfingers for a dollar, like three Snickers for a dollar. Now it's like three of those for like two or three dollars, something like that. I don't know. But I don't want to be that guy. I don't I don't care about candy bar prices. I imagine what we're about to talk about, you must get a lot of talk about people being like, oh, once you finish, you you can help us, uh, you can fix us up on the sidelines. I mean, I was doing that beforehand as an athlete. Oh. Oh, yeah. Okay. So actually, let's dive in. So <laughs> the reason I invited you is because just like any other person that you knew from high school, you kind of just kind of stalk them on whatever throws up on on Facebook and you never comment or you never like you just like slowly taking that information. I saw that you did roller derby and I I always found that fascinating. And I was like, I want a person on my podcast like that. And it just stayed in the back of my mind. I was like, I got a messenger. I got a messenger. So I finally messaged you and I was like, you'd be interested in coming and talking about it. And I was and I was just so happy you got back to me. Uh, if you can kind of explain what made you get into it. So roller derby was big, um, I guess when I was in high school and then getting into college, um, you know, uh, Whippet came out with Elliot Page and that was kind of a big resurgence of roller derby. Um, and so I was actually teaching swim lessons in Wilmington where I went to undergrad and one of the community volunteers was like, hey, you know, we, we have a game this weekend. Do you want to come watch? You know, I, I think you'd be really interested in it. Went to a game, fell in love. It was absolutely the coolest thing I'd ever seen. And, you know, a lot of people ask me, they're, you know, is it fake? And it, it's not, you know, some of the old school roller derby that you may have seen, you know, in the 80s, early 90s was staged similar to wrestling, which I don't know anything about wrestling. So... <laughs> I don't want to get too much into that, but, um, you know, it, it was super cool and very athletic and, you know, very empowering as well as being, you know, a a woman's sport. Um, I was a collegiate athlete at the time and I was like, okay, well maybe it's not a great idea to put on skates and risk hurting myself while, you know, swimming in college. So, um, when I moved to Miami for graduate school, I, you know, was able to look up and find a team there and that's how I got started. That's awesome. And like, what is, and I, I assume it's like special where you can't just, can you do this outside? Like, I, I can't even, like, I know you could probably train outside, but like, if I saw us doing an exhibition match outside, I'd be like, what is going on? Like, do well, you so, guys do that? Oh yeah. In, in Miami, we played outside. Wow. Okay. That's cool. It was, so roller derby, most of the time is flat track roller derby. So literally all you need is a space big enough to play it. And then you can put tape tape down to outline your track. So mm-hmm. that's all you need is a big enough arena. Um, so we practiced and we played in an outdoor hockey rink, um, which in Miami is very, very rare to find. 
Mm-hmm. No, just very hot. Um, and essentially during hurricane season, you know, you have kind of home and away matches and pretty much during hurricane season, we'd have to, you know, go travel other places or find teams that had indoor spaces to play in. Cause it was like, you know, we had a 90% chance of getting rained out every time mm-hmm. just weather. And you guys don't, from what I read, it's, it's there. Are they called quad quad skates? Is that correct? Yeah. Quad don't skates. laugh. I have no idea. No. So, you know, it, people will still come up and they're like, are you still doing that rollerblading thing? And I'm like, eh, no. Um, so, you know, blades are typically four wheels in line. Right. And so mm-hmm. your quads are two in the front, two in the back. Um, and so the reasoning behind that is because it allows more lateral mobility um, than with inline skates. And so that's kind of the, the reasoning behind wearing those. OK, I mean, that makes total sense. Like, I don't know if you're familiar. I'm not that familiar with quadcopters, but like helicopters, everybody knows helicopters can go backwards, forwards, unlike planes. Planes right. can only really go straight, left, right. But with quadcopters and regular copters, you can kind of maneuver. But quadcopters, which have those like, four, you've probably seen them. They've got like those four little spinny things, which allows them to easily like go back, forth, left, right, up, down, basically all eight positions. But that makes total sense. Um, so what did I want to say? I had I had like three good questions. So in a layman's point of view, can you explain the point of the game? Like I'm like a six-year-old child. Okay. By, want, oh, sorry. Go. You want roller derby elevator pitch? Yes. Elevator yeah. pitch. Got it. Okay. Maybe so, I'll throw some music in. Excellent. <laughs> Two teams of 15 skaters. You can have five people from each team on the track at one time. One person wears a helmet cover that's got a star on it, and they're the jammer. They score points by lapping the opposing players. Their other four players on your team are blockers, and they're simultaneously playing offense and defense. So they're trying to get their jammer through while stopping the other team's jammer. Okay. It is time-based, so... 30-minute halves, whoever scores the most points wins, and similar to hockey and where you can kind of change out players. So you have kind of like shift changes. Mm -hmm. So whichever jammer gets through the pack first, pack of the blockers, they can, um, they don't get any points the first time through, but they, whoever makes it out first is lead jammer. Mm -hmm. So they get the power to call off the jam and basically reset everything. Okay. So they make it out, go back around, lap four players, tap their hips, switch out for the next team or switch out for the next group of players. That's awesome. Have they ever done that with ice, by the way? I don't, I don't I've, think so. I, I know that would be like, it's already dangerous, but like, let's <laughs> throw some like razor blades on the, on the bottom of our feet. But uh, the other thing I want to mention when you were talking about, like if it could be fake, I'm like, I have no idea how that could be fake because a, it would not be fun at all. Like that's the whole point of like going around the circle is because I don't know. It it just seems like it wouldn't be fun if it was like planned out. But wrestling, it seems like it could be because you're, I don't know. Yeah. But yeah, that's it. It sounds like a lot of fun. Uh, so, can you tell me about some really good injuries and ooh, and the ones that you uh, if they're if they if you sewed up stuff, that's even cooler. So, unfortunately, a lot of, you know, as as an athletic trainer working, it's it's a lot of kind of first aid and then you kind of send people off. Yeah. 
So, you know, um, leg fractures are a big thing. And, you know, a, a lot of skaters will unfortunately kind of break their ankle um, where, you know, the skate doesn't really move and your leg does. Um, yeah. You're also going what, like 20, 25 miles per hour too. I mean, I wouldn't go that, I, I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> how, how fast are you guys going? Like, I'm, I'm trying to think like it's, it's level and I guess it depends, right? Yeah, it depends. I mean, the, the jammers get going pretty quickly, but the, the pack has to kind of stay together. So it's moving a little bit slower. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, um, I think probably the worst one that I saw is um, teammate landed on a skate and dislocated her hip. Oh, yeah. I don't even think I've heard of that for anybody under the age of like 60. That's yeah. crazy. Pretty That's big. really bad. <laughs> yeah. Um. You know, concussions are a big thing, you know, bumps, bruises, um, had a friend dislocate her elbow at an after party, which, you know. Yeah, but that's, that's like just drunk stories, you know I mean? Like anything can happen with, yeah. with alcohol involved. Um, you popped a shoulder in, that feels like. Uh, actually, no, I've done patellas. I've done patellas and I've done fingers. I suggest you do a little bingo board. <laughs> I, would, I feel like that would be probably, um, yeah, yeah, pretty fun. So in my very limited research, I saw that they have like a, a world series in the United States, like a, like a, they have all these teams come and actually compete. Have you and the groups that you've worked with ever thought of joining that or have you done it? Well, so there, there's kind of two, two different classes that you may be talking about so the wftda is the women's flat track derby association Mm -hmm. and that's where you've got teams actually throughout the entire world um that play against each other and so when i skated for columbia roller derby um we went to um like eastern regionals and we also went to division two playoffs um wftda has kind of restructured a couple times and especially with covid um a lot of leagues, unfortunately, had had difficulty recovering from that, and so they've kind of tried to revamp things and make it easier and less travel um, for people. So I'm not exactly the structure, not exactly sure of the structure of it now. Okay. But then you also have Roller Derby World Cup, which is something that they do every few years, and that's when you've got you know Team USA plays Team Australia plays Team France. Um, so it's kind of two different things, and. Um, I have not tried out for Team USA and would probably never make it just based on my own self-awareness. <laughs> I, I have no, I, I'm not going to encourage or anything is possible, but but I, I don't know what the scale of that is. And you obviously probably know better than I do. So I'm not going to. I mean, it's it's the equivalent of, you know, making it to the Olympics. You know, you've you've got to be elite of elite. Yeah, you've got to be like, mind body and 100 percent of your time so yeah that makes sense um so I, I i'm trying to get this into my head like what is in the realm of like what's allowed for like physical contact like anything oh no 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 there there are a lot of things that are punishable when you get sent to the penalty box for okay. um, our our rule book is ridiculously long of the things that are allowed and aren't allowed and there's uh, okay. there's uh nuances but you know you can't trip people you can't shove people with your hands um really yeah you can't use your elbow and like hit somebody you there are certain 
contact areas. So you can't hit anybody, you know, above the shoulders. Um, you can't hit somebody square in the back. Um, so what, let's put it this way. What are the, like the go-to physical moves that are allowed? Um, a lot of hips and booty blocking are kind okay. of the two. Um, the biggest thing with roller derby is remember you're, you're a team. And so it's going to be a lot more difficult for a jammer to get through, you know, if me and three of my friends are right up shoulder to shoulder than it is if we're all kind of scattered out. Right out. Yeah. Yeah. Like Red Rover kind of. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, a lot of what you do is kind of work on, you know, meshing with your teammates and gelling with them and being able to kind of work as a unit and stop that jammer. And so a lot of times my teammates and I would kind of leave just a little bit of room between us. And so the jammer would try and get between us and then we'd kind of elevator door slam shut and kind of keep them trapped there. Yeah. And so that that's kind of what people do. Um, mostly it's just kind of getting positionally in there or you can hit them completely out of bounds and then they've got to come in. Back okay. On. That's what I was trying to think. Like, obviously you're trying to get them to not like, get past you but like the end goal is really to not end goal but it would be nice just to knock them out okay yeah that's like that's like the that's like how you score points kind of obviously you don't actually score points but that's like a it's fun to knock people out and b like you're obviously helping the team by not letting them get past you guys that's awesome i was trying to think but oh sorry it's it's funner for me if the jammer is just trapped there and my friends and I are, you know, having a casual conversation like, okay, like I feel pressure here, I feel pressure there, and they're gassed. Mm-hmm. You know, you hit people out, jammers are typically quick and speedy. They may be able to, you know, out foot race you and get back in. So if you can actually hold them in one place, that's a lot of times better than hitting them out and then they can kind of reset and, you know, maybe see an opening that you haven't realized yet. Yeah. Because the other thing is you've got to have basically a 360 view, right? Because you're a you're trying to keep up your speed and B, you've got to look forward to where you're going. And then you've got people coming through on the back. That's crazy. Yeah, it's it's a lot of communication. And so um, we frequently would set up in kind of a tripod where we've got two people with our backs to the jammer and one person flipped the opposite way. And they're they're kind of talking us through like, okay, jammer's going to the left, jammer's going inside, outside, you know, feel pressure here, feel pressure there, you know, they're coming up, I'm going to give you more support. And so it's it's a lot of communication. And the, the first game that you ever play in, it's like being in a watching machine. Like you are spinning around, things are going, you're like, I don't know which way's up, which way's down, where I am, where's my team, where's the opposing player. It's it's overwhelming, definitely, the first few games or scrimmages that you're in. So I, I know you were a very, like you did D3 or D1 swimming? Division one. So compared to that, obviously, I know that's get up early and just go at it. There's like no stops with it. How would you compare that to this? Like the same amount of period. I I know they're both extremely rigorous, but any strong comparisons between the two? So, I mean, it's, it's different kind of the level that you play at. Um, So when I first started with Miami, um, they technically weren't a WFTDA team yet. And so it was kind of, you know, I, I I don't want to, you know, it, it, it was a little more rec league, you know, not mm-hmm. as in, um, 
And so, you know, then when you get to teams, you know, like I played with Charm City in Baltimore for a little bit, playing with Columbia Roller Derby, you know, those are kind of top 50 in the world teams. Mm-hmm. And definitely the the competitive level and the intensity is is different there. And, you know, I, I haven't played for, you know, a top 10 team, um, but I'm sure that is much more rigorous. And a lot of times they, um, you know, I'll, I follow some of their players on Instagram and they're constantly working out and, you know, they have days where they're going to the gym and, you know, more practice time than I had had, you know, with Columbia or Charm where we're only going two or three times a week. So there, okay. there's definitely different echelons and, and level of play depending on where you're at because it's probably a balance because I, I i know probably the top tier people can probably make a career out of it and actually work and get deals and uh sponsorships but a lot of them probably also have to have a day job as well with doing like the trainings doing like you say the workouts and all that so that that must be hectic too yeah um yeah, a lot of them are able to kind of phase out from like their real job, um, mm-hmm. able to kind of make a career out of, you know, traveling and teaching clinics or, you know, sponsorships. Um, yeah. that's, um, but I think a lot of them, you know, I think have pretty flexible jobs where they are able to kind of come and go as they need or work remotely. Yeah. And the other thing is maybe they could be like professional trainers or something that's kind of like, like in the realm that will help promote like i mean you could say there's a lot of things that could help overlap or do something to help promote the sport as well while helping you independently too right as a as a person who took it on themselves what would you try to entice someone or another woman to get into it uh i mean so roller derby is one of those things where if you have played sports or if you have never played sports it's, it's something where the league that you're with will teach you, you know? And so that's the thing is the, the big part of roller derby is passing that down to, you know, the, the next group of skaters, you know, so everything is, you know, we'll teach you how to do this and and we welcome you in with open arms and it doesn't matter what your experience is. We will find a place for you here. Um, it is a big volunteer organization. You know, we, contact other leagues and we set up our own games and you know we're, we're in charge of everything and so it's it's a community and so it's like if you're if you're looking for something and looking for people to you know start friendships with and start a community with that that's definitely it um roller derby is big in the military and military spouse population because you know they're moving every couple of years mm-hmm. It's like, okay, well, let me go find out what team is near the base that we're going to. And bam, you've got an instant, you know, connection there. Hey, I used to play over here. I'm moving here. You know, when can I come? When when can I start joining and skating with you all? And so that's the good thing about it is, you know, there there's so many teams and so many places that you can join in. And, you know, no matter what your experience is or or your level of gameplay, you know, there there's a team for you. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if this is a stupid question or not, but is there ever a time, I guess, in the future where it gets incorporated into the Olympics? Because you said it's it's like a worldwide thing. Is that mm-hmm. a possibility? I kind of hope not, but that's just my personal opinion. There's a lot mm-hmm. of debate. 
about that. Um, but I, I think what kind of makes roller derby unique is that grassroots aspect of it is that, you know, it's for the skaters by the skaters. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, we got really excited. I think it was in 2016, maybe when the, um, WFTDA championships was on like ESPN two or ESPN three. And then we got really excited and then they ended up bumping it for like a replay of like 30 for 30. So, <laughs> you know, as much as we kind of try and gain traction, if if you're not kind of into the sport, it is very nuanced and very hard to understand. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's kind of pulls from the appeal of like your everyday person who, you know, has never seen it, you know, basketball I think is pretty easy you know ball goes in the hoop you get points yay like you know with roller derby there's so many things where it's like wait why can't they do that and how come that happened and what's going on here it it's it's confusing to kind of anybody that's outside who hasn't offsides of soccer basically right yeah but no I understand (laughs) but once you see it it just makes like complete sense I think so. It it took, so my, my dad is big into it. You know, he's got three daughters. And so this is kind of the most intense sport that any of us have done. And so it took him a little bit, but he's like, okay, I get it now. I get it now. And so it, it took him, you know, a couple games figuring out. Have you got any of your sisters into it? No, 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 no. Um, no. Um, yeah. (laughs) Hard no. Um, do you know if there's any in DC? I I would imagine with all these bases around here. Uh, DC roller derby is big. Um, Charm city, unfortunately did not make it through COVID. Um, um, but yeah, DC roller derby is still around. Um, Ooh, there's a team in Rockville and I'm sure my friends, if they're listening are going to be kicking and screaming, but it's, um, I can't remember the name of it right now. If you look on the WFTDA website, there is basically a map and you can kind of put in your location and find all the leagues there. So last question. Are you ready? I don't think so. <laughs> what is something that your parents did that you'd like to pass on to a next generation? And what is something uh, you might want to do differently or something new that I guess you, uh, you'd you want to pass on? Um, I, I guess I have two things. So the first one I think is going to be kind of an easy thing. So for Christmas, we do tacos for Christmas. That's awesome. And the reasoning behind that is because, you know, for Thanksgiving, we do the big turkey and everything else. And it just, you know, whoever's cooking is in the kitchen and they're not with the family. And so it kind of takes away from that. Mm-hmm. And so for Christmas, we do tacos because it's pretty easy, pretty quick. Everybody can be like, great, you've got cheese, you've got lettuce, you've got, you know, tomatoes. Everybody brings that in and it's ready. And then you spend more time as a family kind of being together. And that's just one of my favorite things. Um, the other thing is that, um, my, my mom is super awesome. One of my favorite people in the entire world. And she's one of those people where it's like, you don't have anywhere to go for the holidays. Nope. You're coming with us. You don't have anywhere to stay for the night. Nope. You're staying with me. And so that, that's kind of something that I hope to be able to do in the future is like, you know, if anybody needs a place to stay, if you're rolling through town and you don't want to stay at a hotel, if, you know, friends of family or kids or whatever have issues and, you know, parents kick them out, whatever it is, you've got a place to stay. You've got a safe place to be where you can get, you know, good food and be taken care of. And that's kind of something that my mom 
always did with us was, you know, doors always open, houses always open, whoever needs help, we're here. How many, how many brothers and sisters does your mom have? Uh, she has one sister and two brothers. Oh, really? Okay. My parents are both exactly like that too. And I, I always thought it was kind of like a, uh, big house type feel like they always like having more people into life in the house. Yeah, absolutely. My parents built this huge house after we'd all, you know, gone to college. And I'm like, <laughs> what are you going to yeah yeah hey that's good though i love to hear when parents like i don't know that are that are lively after the kids leave or have hobbies okay what is something new or maybe something different something new or something different i don't know next generation of people like what would be something good that they would have in their lives that maybe you didn't have growing up. And it's, this is not like a poo-poo on your parents. It's just kind of like a, I don't um, know. I, I think, and and I'm going to tie it back to roller derby, is it, it's one of those places where you can be yourself. And so that's something that I wish for the next generation is, you know, doesn't matter who you are, who who you love, you know, who your people are, like you're you're welcome here. And that's something that I want, you know, to share from roller derby and, you know, also just pass on to the next generation is that you can be you and you're going to be loved and accepted no matter what. Inclusivity. I like it. Yeah. That's a good one. Well, thank you very much for, for doing this for me. I know as busy as you are, your time is very valuable to you. So I hope I haven't taken up too much. No, I, I hope I've given you what you need. I've no, never- you, it was perfect. It was perfect. <laughs> and well, you can cross that off your bucket list. I know you probably have that. Be on a podcast, right? Did it. Crushed it. If you like this week's episode of People More Interesting Than Me, please follow me on Apple Podcasts so you won't miss out on more episodes like these.